Hello everybody and everybody at home. Um, our reading, the sermon reading today is Matthew 6, chapter, um, verse 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Our passage today is quite brief, six words. Uh, But let me pray uh, that God might teach us as we reflect on these words. Let me pray. Dear Father, I pray as we reflect on how your son taught us to pray, uh, that we might be more prayerful and pray more faithfully according to your will. Help us to see our dependence on you and your goodness to us. Amen. So often in life, uh, we feel in control of our own destiny and that everything we have is a result of our skill and hard work and tenacity. Uh, and every now and again, you'll see in a TV show or a movie uh, or perhaps you know, even in your own household where someone will sit there and defiantly say, and it's usually a male, you know, that why should I thank God for the food when everything we have is the result of my hard work and labour. And of course, what we don't recognise is that so much of our capacity is outside of our control. So our intelligence, our education, our family of origin are all things that are simply happen to us. And we don't control any of those things. And certainly we can make the most of what we have been given... But even that is a gift from God, you know, that ability to persevere and overcome. All of those things have been given to us. And so for those who are successful and perhaps who trust in their own ability, then these words, uh, give us today our daily bread, put that success in perspective. Uh, Because we're praying, recognising that we are dependent. Uh, And for those who feel less able and perhaps more dependent, then it should lead to a sense of thankfulness and relief that it's not all about us and our strength and our ability, uh, that God is generous and gracious and God provides. Last week we looked at the opening words of this prayer uh, and Jesus begins by directing our attention to the nature of God, uh, that God is personal. He says, our Father. But Father also carries with it the language of honour and respect. You know, hallowed be your name. You are greater than everything that is created. You are holy, you are set apart. 
Uh, You are the one who is in control. And therefore, we pray that God's will be done. Uh, Not our will, but God's will for us. And because God is powerful and because God is in control, uh, it's right that we ask God that he provides for the things that we need and that we acknowledge his provision. Uh, And that's exactly what we do with these words. Give us today our daily bread. You know, to be absolutely clear, he's, what he's talking about here is our practical needs. Uh, so next week, we're going to talk about our salvation needs. But today, as Jesus teaches us to pray, he focuses on the things that we need to survive and live uh, and get through you know, the normal realities of life. And when we pray, it's not a demand and we don't come from a position of entitlement. Uh, we come with a request. Uh, We come asking. And so that's incredibly humbling. Because when we pray for God's provision, we acknowledge that we aren't in control, uh, that God is the one who gives, and equally, uh, God is the one who can take away. Uh, So in the words of Psalm 104, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. And certainly, if COVID teaches us anything, it's that good things can be taken away very quickly. And so when we pray for God to give, we concede control. Uh, and we recognise our dependence. We place ourselves at God's mercy, uh, that he will answer our prayers and that he will be generous to us. Uh, And thankfully, God loves us and he's in a better position than even us to recognise what we genuinely need. And so in this passage, we pray that God will, in his power and mercy, provide and that he will provide for today and that he will provide our daily bread. Uh, The language of today and daily should remind us, uh, if we know our scriptures, of how God provided for Israel as they exit uh, and escape from Egypt. So that was the passage we read a little bit earlier. So Israel have uh, fled Egypt. Uh, They are now wandering in the desert. They're grumbling that God isn't providing for them. And in fact, it was much better being slaves and beaten and killed in Egypt uh, than than wandering in the desert. And so God does provide. And he sends quail and manna each day. But he says, each day you need to gather what you need and no more. Uh, Except for uh, the Sabbath when you get to gather for two days so you don't have to work on the Sabbath. And each day was a reminder that God in his mercy was providing for them. And so the emphasis is on being present in today. Because so often we become fixated with the future. Now, Jesus isn't saying don't plan for the future. And so the Bible has lots to say about thinking ahead and being prudent. So, for example, Proverbs 21, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Uh, The Gospel writer Luke records Jesus saying these words, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now, in that context, Jesus is talking about counting the cost of following him. 
But it's using kind of this everyday common sense illustration to say it makes sense to think of the future. Uh, The wise person doesn't just look at today, that they do look ahead and plan accordingly. But they do it from a position of humility and they do it seeking God's will, not their own will. Uh, So in the words of James, you know, rather than saying I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Uh, Because that recognises that our best laid plans and our wisdom doesn't always align with God's plans for our life. Uh, And we could be, you know, like the petulant child in the supermarket who's, you know, walked past the confectionery aisle, amateur mistake for any parent. You know, you avoid every aisle except, the, you know, particularly the, the confectionery aisle. But they grab that chocolate bar and they hold on for dear life and they can yell and scream about they want to keep it and they really need it. Uh, but, of course, as parents, our job isn't just to give them what they want but to give them what they need. And so, yeah, we've got to hold on to our plans with soft hands, you know, recognising that our plans aren't always God's plans and that our plans aren't always the best for us. And in fact, God's plans so often focus less on our comfort and happiness and more on our character and godliness. Because what he wants to see is us living and thriving in relationship with him. Uh, and not just living for ourselves. Uh, So we can plan for our future needs, but the focus of this passage is recognising that we need to trust God in the present and to be thankful in the present, uh, rather than becoming consumed by what may or may not happen in the future. Uh, Because we do that a lot, don't we? You know, we tend to sort of fixate on even things we can't control, we're not even sure will turn out the way we think but they consume our mind. And in fact, a little bit later on in this passage, you know, Jesus will go on to say this about worry. And it's sort of a similar theme. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, so we pray that God who has power will give for our needs today and we pray that he will give us bread. You know, bread was the common staple of Jewish life. You know, it's kind of a common staple of, for many of us. You know, what's your default you know, sort of go-to? Often it's bread. You know, it fills you up, it's quick, it's easy. Uh, it's part of my breakfast every day. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't say, uh, ask for grapes and figs and the fattened calf. Uh, but he certainly could, couldn't he? You know, God is the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But he chooses to focus our attention on what we need rather than simply what we want. Uh, Jesus even uses bread as a metaphor to describe himself. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So it's about needs, not wants. And so in the context of this passage, of course, it's our practical needs. It's things like food and water and shelter. Uh, 
And I think we often look at it and go, well, why doesn't he you know, offer to provide the figs and the fattened calf? Why shouldn't we pray for those things? And I think there's a helpful passage in Proverbs that perhaps helps us keep perspective. He says, two things I ask you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me. And this is the important bit. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonour the name of my God. You know, almost always uh, we see more wealth as a blessing uh, from God. But it's not always true. In fact, with wealth comes a great deal of temptation and potentially a great deal of grief. And certainly Paul reflects on that in his letter to Timothy, where he says some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So absolutely, God can provide more than we need and more than we even want. But often he chooses to provide less so that we might continue to trust him. You know, I think sadly, uh, more rarely leads to more thankfulness or more contentment. In fact, I think it's often the opposite. And when we have more, we tend to find our satisfaction in the created things rather than the creator. And we start to trust our resources to look after ourselves rather than trusting God. And the hope is that it's going to make our life happier and more meaningful and and easier. Uh, But in the end, it often just leads to more discontent and simply wanting more because there is never enough. Uh, And so we should pray for our needs and we should be thankful and content when God provides for our needs. Uh, But are we? Are we genuinely thankful and go, I have enough when God provides us for for what we actually need? And I think that satisfaction is only ever going to come when we truly get our perspective on life right when we truly see ourselves in the context of our relationship with God. Uh, We are created by God, we are saved, we have a certain future. And when we get that right, then we start to become satisfied and content with what God has given us. But so often God does give us more than we need. And certainly in our culture, in our context, we have just been exceptionally blessed. Even in this quite difficult time, Uh, we still have far more than we need. And so we do need to learn to be thankful for not just our needs, but for our abundance. And that's why Paul goes on to say a few verses later in this letter to Timothy, when he's talking to wealthy people, he says, "'Command those who are rich in this present world "'not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, "'which is so uncertain, "'but to put their hope in God, "'who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment.'" Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So when it comes to our wealth, our first priority is to give to God what is his. Uh, Our second, I think, is to recognise our needs and recognise that God is providing for our needs and to make sure that we're not dependent on other people 
uh, that we do have everything we need. And then we need to look at, well, how do we be generous with the abundance that God has given us? And then I think finally we get to ask, well, with what I have left, when, when God has you know, blessed me more than I even need and want, well, what are the good things I can do and what are the pleasurable things I can do with that excess? Uh, and for one person that might be, I'm going to go and buy a pair of shoes. Uh, for another person, it could be a kitchen. And for many people, once upon a time, it was a cruise on the Mediterranean and the Greek islands, but I'm not sure if that's quite as appealing as it used to be. Uh, but, yeah, at that point... Uh, when we have honoured God with what we have and when we have more, then we do have that freedom to enjoy the good things that God has given us. You know, I do think we have to be careful because we are wonderful at justifying ourselves. I do think we've got to be careful not to justify our wants and kind of rebrand them in our mind as needs because uh, we can do that so easily. You know, I do need food. You know, I want steak. Uh, I don't need, although I'm not totally convinced on this point, coffee and chocolate. Uh, but I do want them and I do take great pleasure in them. And so I think when we think about our wants and needs, uh, we do need to ask ourselves some hard questions you know, about what motivates us uh, as we pray, not just for our needs, give us today our daily bread, but if we're praying for our wants, then what do we hope that those wants are going to achieve for the honour of God? Uh, and there are some wants which are, are pretty close to needs. You know, for example, you might say, I want a reliable car so I can get to work. Uh, you could catch a bus and a train and another bus. Um, but gee, it would make life a lot easier uh, to be able to have a car uh, to drive those 12 minutes. Uh, it would be nice... Uh, to have a job that was closer to home uh, rather than further away uh, because that gives you more time and more flexibility and that allows you to be more present with your family perhaps uh, or to out do other good things with your gifts, you know, to be involved in a connect group, to serve in a ministry. So they're not actually needs. We, we don't need those things to survive, but, but they are still good things uh, and they're certainly very helpful things. But for others, then I think we do need to ask ourselves, well, why am I praying for this need? You know, for example, if you want a promotion uh, at work, you're praying that, that you, know, you might be recognised for your good work or you're praying for a new job with better pay. Uh, that's not necessarily bad, but my question would be, how is God going to be honoured in that outcome? How is God going to use that or how do you want God to use that so that God's will will be done? And so I think as we reflect on our wants, not our needs, you know, we need to ask ourselves questions like, have I given what I should be giving to God? Uh, have I been generous to others? Have I been sacrificial to others? Have I honoured my financial commitments? You know, we shouldn't be putting a pair of shoes on after pay uh, if we can't pay our phone bill. Uh, we have obligations. We need to honour those. Uh, is my purchase just about my pleasure or am I trying to find more in this? Is this actually trying to fill a hole in terms of my sense of identity or desire to be respected by others? Uh, and if so, is, is that actually a good thing? Uh, will this purchase help or hinder my godliness? 
Uh, you might think a sailing boat is awesome. Um, and, yeah, I think a sailing boat would be a lot of fun. But if you use that sailing boat and you go, well, I just don't really have time to meet with Christians anymore or go to church because I'm sailing, well, then I think we've got to ask ourselves, is, re- is this really about seeking God's honour in my life? And so as we pray about those things, uh, we pray from a perspective of how is God going to be honoured in this moment? So today we've looked at six words. Give us today our daily bread. They acknowledge that God has the power to provide. Uh, They trust that God will provide for our needs today. And they recognise that having our needs met is all we need. There is a sense of completeness and satisfaction in these words. There's no if or but or caveat. Give us today our daily bread. So with that comes contentment. And so the question for all of us is, well, does that describe us? You know, are we thankful and content? Uh, do we genuinely pray those words? Because we often pray them. Uh, but do we pray them with, with, with actual integrity, where we go, yes, this is enough? Uh, or actually, is there still that little bit of dissatisfaction where we'd love to pray for and a whole lot more? Uh, and if we're not content, then we need to come back to that gospel. We need to come back to our salvation, our relationship with God through Christ. Because in this life, we may be poor in the world's eyes. uh, But in Christ, uh, we are rich in the present uh, and we are rich for eternity. Amen. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I pray that as uh, your spirit guides us, as we recognise that you provide for our needs, that we might be content, uh, that we might be thankful, that we might be joyful for what you have done for us in saving us and for what you provide for us practically. Amen.